Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. All right, listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we have, and you know what, Bill, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you have such a long resume of accomplishments. Um, Bill Christie, you are for sure the driving, the driving force behind Clash Racing. But what, what else? You know, there's such a long list of things behind your name that I'm probably going to screw up. So what can we add to it? <laughs> what else can we add to it? Father of three. Okay. Um, my kids are, our kids are 25, 27, about to be married and 30. Our 25-year-old's on our way to law school. Our 27-year-old is going to be married next month. Uh, she's excited about that. And my bride is uh, knee deep in that. Um, our 30 year old is the vice president of strategic initiatives at NASCAR. Wow. We're awful proud of him. He actually came out of a car. He raced, uh, he raced all the way through Xfinity. So rubbing and racing something he knows a little bit about. Um, uh, I can't tell you the number of times that, uh, that uh, he's, he's been, uh, at a family race where we've raced together and he's been at the finish line every single time waiting on me. Uh, the number of times I've collapsed in his arms oh. is, uh, is, is pretty notable. Um, but yeah, so family, um, I run a medical device company. Uh, I am a startup CEO in medical devices since the beginning of my career. I spent, uh, boring, nine years, 16 jobs and Six physical moves, working for Ethicon Incorporated, big uh, Johnson Johnson company. Left there, did uh, my first startup, sold it to Johnson Johnson. Did my second startup, sold it to our competitor, Tyco Healthcare, and boy, was that that money spent well. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> and uh, on and on. Uh, my third company, uh, we raised a bunch of money for that. Didn't do so great. Fourth company, we listed it on on a public stock exchange, absolutely hated running a public company. The worst four years of my life oh my was running a public company. I'm a dreamer. Uh, you guys know that. I'll, you know, I'm all about crazy and fluid and let's try new stuff. And when all you can do is talk about what happened in the last 30 days, guys like me want to put a gun to their head. So yeah. um, I think the, the number including this is my 10th startup. Um, I've raised a bunch of money on uh, Wall Street. I've been very lucky to do that. Um, I uh, went to grad school uh, at the Crummer School of Business uh, as an investment banker by training. Um, I think that probably the most joy I've had of late is that uh, besides what we're doing in this business is that I was named to the Board of Trustees for the largest university in the country, University of Central Florida. I, I read that, and that's incredible. Good job. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, it's uh, daunting to spend two billion dollars uh, with seventy-two thousand kids running around, but it's an unbelievable program. I'll I'll brag about them. They're they're one of the most sought-after engineering programs by aerospace. They come to visit us first in Georgia Tech, uh, so our computer engineering is amazing number one hospitality management in the country, and the accolades go on. Um, clearly, uh, I believe that uh, my, my alma mater 
the UCF Knights do not get the respect they deserve on the football field. I do believe they were national champions because Clemson, we beat them. Um, and we were working really hard to, uh, to get the athletic program the respect they deserve. Um, so uh, I've, I've been a finance guy. I've got uh, audit, so I'm chairman of audit. I'm on the finance committee. I'm on UCF athletics committee. So, so, so hold on a second. So basically anybody listening who claims to be busy and tired, you just better be quiet. Because <laughs> Mr. Bill Christie, you've got a, a long list of things that you're doing every day. And I can't imagine jumping between lanes. And before I forget, Jackson Laundry, you're on with us too. I yep. want to make sure we bring him on and let listeners know that he's here listening. They know I'm here. Yeah. I just kind of sit here back in the shadows and wait, wait my turn. <laughs> Just jump in, man. Just always jump in. He's waiting for me to take a breath. It's hard <laughs> to say something when, you, when you're waiting for the guy to take a breath. Bill, that's my fault, usually. I'm the one who always gets in trouble after the episode. He's like, well, thanks for letting me say a word, friggin' Nick. And I'm sorry. You <laughs> cut me off. Um, so, but but keeping this whole momentum going right now, and thank you for such, you know, an amazing, you know, job describing yourself, because I would have never been able to come to that level of specificity. Um but the reason why we brought you on today is because we really want to dive into the opportunities that lay ahead for our sport triathlon, especially with what you're doing with Clash. And um, Jackson, you know, do you want to start off with a direction of this conversation and, and where your head is right now and stuff you want to ask Bill? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind, and probably everybody else, is if you've, you know, worked in and been, you know, started up. I guess this is your 10th company. Why? Like why clash? Why now? What's, what's the idea there? All right. So the first thing you need to know about startup people is that it's a drug. Okay. <laughs> it's an absolute drug. It's a high. I can't explain it. Um, I will say that uh, Philip Hay last week was pretty entertaining. Said something about somebody referred to our, co our corporate culture. And Philip said, we're not a corporate culture. We're a family dynamic, yeah. uh, which is really pretty true. And, and you guys have been on calls with us and you've seen it. We have zero problem bouncing, bouncing each other for ideas and maintaining our ability to be fluid and dynamic. Um, this one is just uh, passionate to me. I, I, people have heard me say it a gazillion times. People want more than racking their bike, bike and racing the next day. Yeah. People want to be included. People want to have options for their families. People want to be able to get a good meal. And I was mad, right? I mean, I, I, I built a company one time because I knew that the company that I was using as a product, I, I knew I could do it better. So we built a company and, and sold it. And um, that was purely out of, we can do a better job. Okay. And all due respect to everybody in this business, everybody in this business. Uh, you guys know that I've raced with those people in Tampa a bunch of times and I have utmost respect for them, but I knew we could do it different. And I also knew that people wanted different products, right? And so Clash, when we started as a triathlon business uh, under the old brand name Challenge North America, and that was our business, we owned it, it was a license, we paid a license fee. It was, it was our team that did it. We put on the TV productions, we put on the races. And our whole thing was athlete experience. I said, you know, the swag I was getting when I started racing was 
some pretty nice stuff. And the swag I get now, I don't even take it, right? The backpacks are junk, uh, all that stuff's going on. And I said, look, wait, wait till they see the swag we're gonna give out. I think the helmets were the first, the first pass, a pretty cool swag. The, the helmets the awards gave got- uh, In Daytona? But, right, that was pretty cool, right? The helmets? Oh, yeah. I still see yeah. pictures of those popping up. So yeah, I, we, we think we can do it better and we think we can do it for something for everybody. This year, Daytona, um, and uh, I'll announce it here, why not, right? Um, not, not been told, so let's have some fun. The 5K was uh, a great race, but everybody's got a 5K. But not many people have a 5K where they can run out of one Daytona, which is a beautiful victory circle with the hotels and all the restaurants and have live music, start there, run across the street through a protected overpass, uh, run through the Christmas lights. You remember the Christmas lights that the people paid money to drive through? Absolutely. Well, actually, right, do you remember that? Yeah. People actually run through that as a part of the 5K and then they'll finish back in Victory Circle for a party. And uh, I'm pretty sure that hasn't been announced and I'm pretty sure Blair LaHaye is going to give me out, but that's okay. <laughs> um, well, well that, that brings in a great point. And I'd like you to speak to this is, you know, speedways in general, you've got real estate that is largely untapped in terms of, you know, most of the year. Um, why speedways and how does, how does a speedway fit in with our sport and make it so attainable to be such a great production? So there's, there's a couple of components to answer. The first way, speedways. Speedways differ in size between a half mile and 2.6 miles uh, on an oval track and up to 4.6 miles on some of the road courses. Like uh, example, what you're gonna see in Watkins Glen with a phenomenal town, right? It's a, a quaint, quaint town in the middle of vineyard country on the south side of a lake uh, that you get up into the track and why the track venues? Simple. People don't die on tracks. They die on roads with cars going by. Period. Yeah. So that's the first. And we just had another death, right? So um, we can protect our athletes. And to the extent we do go out on the courses, we don't close down the shoulder of a lane. We close down highways. You guys have raced those. You've seen the age groupers. We appreciate that completely. And, you know, I lost a friend a couple of years ago, Nick, right? You've yeah. heard that story. Yeah. And um, I swore to Jim Treadwell that I'd never let it happen. So we've got the ability to protect the athletes. And so we're going to do it. So that's the first question. The second question is, we can put on a TV production to showcase you guys and gals as pros the way they've never been showcased before. Our objective is to put your name and your face on a Cheerios box, right? Our purpose in life, and it was a promise I made back in 2018. Back then, I could tell you who number one and two and three were. I couldn't go past that. And that's a shame. Yeah. So our job is to make you as common to your, uh, your fan base of triathlon or endurance sports as NASCAR drivers are to their, their sports. We should be having a contest of who's the most popular triathlete. That should be a, a, a fan-based vote. Uh, so 
the ability for us, and we tested some things this year, you know it. We tested some digital pointers with, uh, rather than just having names and splits on the pointers, which were the arrows over the top showing splits and distances. We're gonna do some things this year, as you know, we, we put some sponsor names on a couple of the bikes to see how that would be received. Our purpose is to drive people to the sport and make it entertainment. And I don't think you can do that on a nine hour broadcast with drones and motor scooters only showing the top two athletes, the top man and top woman. That's I think you have to tell the stories. Yeah. That's, it's, been, it's been something even, you know, the athletes I coach, you know, if I'm racing on a Facebook live stream and I'm, I'm maybe fourth or fourth through 10th, you know, even my mom is like, where's, where's Nick? He's, you know, he's, <laughs> I don't is, is Nick racing this race? Yeah. It's like same thing with, you know, Jackson at worlds or something like that. It's good to see the depth and it's just, there's a race within a race that tour de France type of situation has capitalized year after year. And there are races within the triathlon event that, you know, we can develop certainly. And I think the, the amount of versatility a track offers, because I watched the Watkins Glen actual NASCAR event, and that course is tough. There's hills. amazing. You have to have technical skills. You have to be able to corner. And, and not only that, but the race venue is designed to handle a capacity of people in a very spread out manner to where we can all do it safely and not have to run around from T1 to T2, that's 50 miles away have to spend a whole day dropping bikes off so i think the convenience aspect is also incredible jackson what do you think yeah i mean when we were you know at daytona i wasn't able to do miami but daytona we stay like i don't know a couple miles from where the race start is and you go there everything's in the, in the same spot you got your media in the same spot your you know transitions you can it's very easy to just kind of do that but yeah i mean definitely the spectator aspects ridiculously good and then the safety aspect especially uh, i mean we've seen pros hit by cars during races and like starkey yeah starkey i mean matt russell like it's the list goes on and on so it's it's something that and i've crashed during races too and not with vehicles but you know it's a heck of a lot safer to be on a track so that's certainly a positive chelsea withrow last what last week went over a bump on a road and, and went down right yeah yeah exactly. if we had a nice smooth pancake nascar circuit she would have never had that mishap so <laughs> philip lahay for the first time we were we're testing uh we're testing a technology that's going to provide some really cool data and that one I better not talk about, or I will get a phone call from, from my team. So we're going to leave that one for a little bit. Well, that's but we, we were out testing, and it was the first time Philip had ever ridden the course. And he came back in, and he looked at me, and he was on my bike. And he said, uh, first things, he goes, I want that bike. He oh. said, second off, there's no question why this is the fastest course in the world. He said, I've never been on anything like this. And you guys have both raced there. Uh, I'm sad. I'm sad that you didn't get a chance to race Miami. Miami was because of the technical aspects. If you think about taking four super highways and adding some technical turns to it, it was, you had to handle a bike. I had adrenaline the entire time though. Like anytime I went through those corners, banking my bike over carrying speed, I had like goosebumps. It was, and, and that was for 20, whatever, nine or 17 laps of that. It was awesome. We, yeah, we, we, as much as I love Daytona and Daytona is always going to be our crown jewel. Each track's going to be different. Yeah. Uh, each venue's different. We will have hotels right there, restaurants right there. You know, you can take a shower on property. 
Starkey called me yesterday and he goes, hey, can I put my motor coach next to yours in uh, Daytona? I said, of course you can. He goes, well, he goes, there's a couple of coaches that go along with it. Can we have a party? I said, of course we can. Well, that's, so, you know, having your about, coach right? right there. Yeah, right. Talk about a good time. Um, so speaking of the, the Daytona and Challenge again, can you expand a little on the viewership metrics? I mean, you've sent it to me. Um, I've seen it. It's incredible. Can you kind of expand on that for our listeners to show? Sure, you? sure. remarkable what you're doing is. Yeah, Clash. So people don't have, and let's be totally fair here, okay? We did it. The NASCAR media team was in their weekly meeting. They got the Nielsen data in. They called me and said, hey, you know, here's the data. Um, you guys were unbelievable, blah, blah, blah. And they read all this data to me. I said, that's great. What does it mean? I had no idea what it meant. So um, to give you a couple of relatives, we had 690,000 sustained eyeballs. That means people sat on the couch and didn't leave and didn't flip the channel. Now, if you, if you figure arguably there's two to 300,000 USA triathlon registered triathletes in the United States, whether it's day pass or yearly, that means somebody was watching triathlon besides triathletes, right? So to give you a relative value, Rolex 24, you guys know that race, it's as big as Le Mans, it's one of the biggest in the world, 391,000 sustained viewers. They only had 486,000 in and outs. Yep. We had 690,000 sustained viewers just in the United States. And we had 1.4 million in and outs. People turning on, looking at it for a while, turning it off. Give you, to give you an idea of the magnitude, we took out everything on CBS that day in the time slot, and it was a good time slot. Uh, we took out everything on ESPN that day. We took out IndyCar that day. Now let me give you a relative to college football. The, uh, let's start with Big 12, right? So Oklahoma State and our friends at Texas. With the exception of those two, uh, everybody else in that conference, we did more TV eyeballs then. Think about that. that NCAA real-time football. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I, I, I'm still fathoming that. Like, and I was, I'm thinking in my head, like, why is it so cool to watch versus, I mean, a car going around a corner is awesome, the mechanics of it, but watching a human body produce power on a bike over and over and seeing the expression and being connected to that person through the viewership is, is I think that's pretty powerful. So maybe tap into that. Yeah, there's, there's no question. I mean, I, I think the first part of your question was, why are the numbers so spectacular? And we did that, oh, by the way, equal to that and a little more than that throughout the rest of the world. So we were in 120 countries on TV. The live stream we put up and we did that four days before the race, we decided to put it up on Facebook. And everybody told us we were nuts. Nobody will pay for it. I'm like, triathletes are some of the wealthiest people. I mean, it, it's crazy. And we charged $2.99. We advertised for three days and we got 18,000 viewers. Now to give you a relative value, Galveston saw at its height 17,000 people. And the second the man winner crossed the line, they dropped to 4,400. Okay. So it started at 9,000, peaked at 17,000 and dropped off like a rock. We had 17,000, 18,000 sustained viewers that paid on our paywall. So that tells everybody that the, the, the hey, 
pay $20 a month and you can watch on your phone and do yeah. away with the TV. People are going to go straight to the, to the uh, monthly model. Sorry, guys. People still want to pay to watch what they want to watch. I and did. That was, that was earth. That was earth shattering. Yeah. Uh, CNBC did a huge article because we were the first ones to do it with Facebook. And we didn't know that, right? We didn't, we didn't know it until it came out in the article that we were the first ones to do that. So we, we think that from a viewership standpoint, if you look at the AAC conference, same deal there, with the exception of the University of Central Florida, that's 1.7 million viewers, which I'd like to put my alma mater up against those other conferences because yeah. we're much bigger than them. Sorry, I had to put another plug in for my <laughs> alma mater. Uh, but besides them, you know, we're bigger than the rest of them. So people wanted to see this event. People wanted to be entertained and they got entertained. So, and, so, so with uh, those numbers, Bill, is, is NASCAR also impressed? And are, is this a viable option for the Speedways to continue to, to work with us or work with you? The presidents are on the phone each week talking about who's going to get the next triathlon. Okay. Cool. The NASCAR folks were so impressed, and it's an absolute true story. They have a weekly media meeting, which means they review their media findings where they racked up that, that week. We came in at a 5.7, to give you an idea. Um, and everybody we took out were like 1.9s, 1.2s. Uh, I think NASCAR that week was like a 6.3. Sure. So the, the joke was, as they were reading through the list of who was number one, who was number 25, and you scroll to the next screen to see the next 25, we were 25th. And when they, they physically, my bride, got on a phone call with the media group and said, hey, they've got news for you. I'm like, okay, great. And they said, this was your viewership. And I, I thought, it was really gracious. Like, oh, thanks, you guys. And they're like, you don't understand what this means. I said, yeah, I have no idea what you're like, talking What is this relative, relative to? Yeah, right. Until they told me relative values, I had no clue. And until we pulled the NCAA uh, football data, I really didn't understand. But once I saw that, I was like, people are being entertained. And we had to get better at it. We really do. Um, we let the age groupers watch themselves race. We, we actually uh, did a live stream for the age groupers. Uh, look, they're, they're the core of this business. Um, but the business model's got to change. And, you know, there's a couple of us trying to do it. We like the track centric model for a host of reasons. Yeah. Each of our tracks are different. They all add different experiences. Now that we've got the endurance component and the reason we changed our name to Clash, if you look at Atlanta and Road Atlanta on the property is the Fox uh, mountain bike factory store test trails on property. Okay. So you finish there. You finish across the line and you're in the middle of a NASCAR race that's going on, right? Uh, at, at, at Road Atlanta. We've got travel, we got gravel there, we've got mountain biking there, we've got run, bike, run, we've got half marathon, uh, we've got a middle of the night relay. So, you know, I've already got my six people put together for our 60 miles, uh, but I don't have to stay in the back of a van. I get to stay in my motor coach and take a shower. Big plus. Yeah, that coach is pretty sexy, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> hey, who else in the world gets to wake up and Sarah Crowley is making them a coffee? Not, not anyone but you, buddy. That would be lucky than good. That's all I got to say. That would be lucky than good. Well, so, that reminds yeah. me, she owes me a few coffees. I'm, I think I've gotten six out of her 10 coffees. 
Yeah. All right. Well, there, there you have it. So yeah. It, and then you look at what we're doing in uh, at Watkins Glen, the south side of Lake Seneca. It's farm country. It's all vineyards. It's all brand new paved roads. You've got a you've got a climb that there's two climbs up. The pros are going to take one climb, okay. and it's steep. The age groupers are going to take a different path. It's not that steep. Um, but you get into that circuit. It's a big facility. And one of the largest wine festivals in the country is happening while you're racing on the track. Okay. Well, I mean, that's going to bring in huge crowds and more viewership for our sport too. I'd like to think so. I think, and if we do it right, they've, they've got a climb that's, that's, you know, you know, Solar Hill and they've got a climb that's, that is, is a pretty good depiction of Solar Hill. So we haven't named it yet, but we're going to let people out there and have some fun. So you should great track. Off. Raffle off uh, some sponsor, Cheerio Hill. <laughs> I love that. Um, Only if your name's on the box, Nick. Only well, if it's got your picture. I've always, I'm Wheaties. Jackson, what are you? You probably, uh, what kind of? Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. <laughs> Fruit Loops. Not surprised. Jackson, what are you thinking? Fruit Loops. So, Fruit Loops. sugar. Bill, yeah. anytime we go to a race together, when we travel, Jackson and I travel to about four or five races and we stay in the same house. Um, and when we go grocery shopping, it's, it's so funny because we're just going down the, the sugar aisle. And all Cocoa the Puffs. Oh, yeah. all of them. And then I'm like, I'm trying to do something sustainable with the old calorie intake. And he's just piling in the sugar carbs all the time. And he's impressive with his calorie intake. I got a buddy, I got a buddy who believes in the two wine pre-night race for sugar theory okay two 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 bottles of wine Wait, i tried it with them once <laughs> yeah it's horrible i tried it with them once uh we were at the start line i was so dehydrated there was no water to be found it was a smaller race in florida i walked over i took my watch off my wrist this guy had a this guy had a liter of water i said i'll give you 25 bucks when i finish the race if i can have that bottle of water oh he God. said clearly you need it worse than i do here he gave it to me. I walked back over to my buddy. I chugged it in front of him. <laughs> I crossed, I, I whipped his backside on the race horribly. He beat me out of the water, but I beat him. I crossed the line. I might've leaned into the trash can for a couple minutes. No doubt. Uh, but yeah, it, it does not work. It's not, man, it's not a good, sugar is not a good strategy, brother. Well, well okay. that's wine though. That's alcohol. That's different. <laughs> that's going to mess you up a little more than some Cocoa Krispies. <laughs> so I've, I've got some questions about this Watkins Glen. So we've heard sure. about it. it's, it's next year um, in July. Around July 8, 9, 10. Yeah. So what's this course like? Like, I mean, the one criticism I've heard from others and myself, not a criticism, but just a reality is Daytona's flat and some of us aren't built for flat courses. So, you know, is there going to be something for us? And now you're talking about this hill in Watkins Glen. It's pretty exciting. Um, what makes this track super tough compared to some of the other ones? First and foremost, it's a form. It's an old Formula One track, so it's four super highways wide. I mean, it's a big, big track. I think it's three six four three three point six four miles oh, without nice. the extended dogleg, and the topography of the course itself is amazing. Straightaways, ups, downs, significant climbs, significant drops. Um, and, and, and the beauty, the sheer beauty of being up on that plateau, looking down into Watkins Glen, which they should really name it Main Street USA. It's that beautiful. 
um, the wine bars, the cheese outlets, the restaurants, uh, your ability to bring a mobile coach. If I were you guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna push you to rent a mobile coach and come be my by me because you know I always tend to have a pretty good time at, that, at our mobile coach. That would be amazing, coach. right? Doesn't that sound like fun? I've got so, a friend who's got one. Yeah, we'll see with him. Were you guys there for my? You weren't there for Miami. Did you come to the Miami party, Nick? Yeah, you were giving me all the best Bordeaux wine you had. <laughs> <laughs> Those parties get to be a bit uh, notorious. Yeah, I'm a I'm a little bit of a lightweight too, so I'm like I think I need to go to bed at it's ten. <laughs> well, we're 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 excited about the Glen. The topography is amazing. The rolling hills are amazing. Uh, well, virtually like no limitations though. I mean, we're not looking, I mean, what, what you're doing right now is scalable. I haven't heard of or seen any red flags that are going to make this like, well, triathletes won't buy into that. I, I feel like, I can't believe this hasn't been, been done yet. And I think it's incredible that you all have invested so much time and money and effort to making sure. And I, I know I speak for every professional athlete that you care more than we've ever felt anyone care about. us. Oh. And, and honestly, that's, Jackson, I mean, you can't even argue that, can you? No, that's, yeah. It's We've been different experience entirely. So, um, yeah, I mean, like, and still taking care of the age groupers, like how, you know, for some people who maybe didn't do Daytona or haven't done these things yet, how does it work with the short track and you have a lot of age groupers laps and stuff? How does that kind of get controlled in terms of like numbers and safety and stuff like that? So you've raced Daytona and you know how wide that track is. At its narrowest part, it's 29 feet. It's two super, two super highways wide, right? Yep. And we run, the, we run on the road course, we bike on the oval. And that's only, that, that period of time is only the middle of turn two and th three and four and one and two. So it's only narrow for a very short period of time. The rest of the time, it's eight super highways wide at its narrowest point. So, you know, one of the things we do with the age groupers is they all want an experience of riding on the track, yeah. right? That's important to them. Number one thing we hear, give us good food, let us ride on the track, give us a fast course. And we want to walk away with a world championship experience. And you guys have been there. You've seen the red carpeting, the red scrim, and the you flags. You the carpet the, down. Well, and that was that's me, right? So I was joking with uh, I was joking with a couple of guys from the uh, the New York Tri Clubs. They came down, and they said, you know, why why do you do all this carpet? I said because I raced a race, I picked up a pebble in my foot, I rode rode the entire fifty six miles. It cut into my foot. I bled the entire time on the run and it was not a good race experience. So if I can put down carpet and protect people's feet, yeah. I hate to say it's the little things like that, but that's what matters to me as an athlete. If it matters to me, it's got to matter to you guys, let alone the age groupers. Well, it just mattered to us in Ecuador because we were walking in through transition and uh, Jackson and Sarah are trying to figure out the best way through transition to where they won't walk yeah, on pure like razor travel. I had the same experience in Lima, which yeah. is really because you get onto a beat up tennis court and that's transition in Lima. Yeah. And uh, running through a needle beach. <laughs> crazy. So, you know, I, but back to your questions, I, the, the age groupers, you know, the experience for them is 
unless you qualify for a world championship. And arguably, I think we do a nicer job aesthetically and caring for the age group athlete from an experience standpoint than any world championship I've seen or been a part of. I should say seen. I've only been a part of one. Uh, we won, really. Sorry. Come on, come on seen. I had to throw that in. We won. You won. Good job. <laughs> I had a great swimmer, great runner. What happened to the cyclist? He, he held on for his dear life. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's the whole thing with the experience, right? So let's have, some, let's have an experience where people aren't going to worry about stepping on a rock. Let's, yeah. let's have an experience where we've got so many lifeguards in the water, you don't even think about it. Let's have an experience where you get your experience to race on the track, but then we're going to take you outside on a very safe uh, environment. And if it's the sprint course, we actually keep you on property. So we, we control all those roads. If it is a longer distance course, uh, like the Glen, we control the entire highway, right? We control the lane um, and it's going to be safe and it's going to be fun. And if we do it right, the age group athletes going to have a great time. They're going to get phenomenal swag. The swag this year is probably, I've taken the best from every race I've ever been at. And then Philip LaHaye and Andre Lepard just went absolutely crazy. We guys and, put gold uh, bars in the bags now? Gold bars. I'm sorry? Right? Putting gold bars in the, in the swag bags, right? <laughs> Is that what I heard? Someone told yeah, me. Yeah, you did. Now, <laughs> now they're, painted, they're painted gold, but they're oh, gold bars. Yep, yep. That's, that's just as well. Right, right. Four carat spray paint. You got It's the shiny spray paint. <laughs> it's the shiny stuff. So, yeah, but I, the swag's unbelievable this year. We're excited about that. But I think we're the most excited about what the Glen has to offer, yeah. the town, the camping, the facilities. Look, my wife, so I've got my brother's going to go this year because he grew up in Buffalo in my younger years. So he's going to go because he loves the Glen. He knows the wine festival's going on. He wants to stay in my coach, which I already told him no. Yeah, I was already RSVP'd a couple of years ago. <laughs> Sorry, those spots are taken, right? I'm on the roof. But he's going because, you know, the wine festival, he's never seen a race. Uh, and, and look, we, we want to have a good time and we want to offer people stuff they're not going to get. And if the prize purses um, are, are respectable, our, our view isn't just the prize purse for the pros. Our view isn't just, you know, it, it, it's, it's a holistic message. Help us help you to do more and be more than a social media influencer and a triathlete. I'm not knocking either of those things, but today that relatively speaking, those are your limitations. Well, that's what we're fighting for. And we're not given, you know, we, I think we work harder if than any sport out there, you know, the training, the regiment, the travel. Not even, not even close. I've seen a lot of them very close as I'm sure you well know. Um, I know what the NASCAR drivers go through. I know what the MLB guys, goes go through i know what the uh, orlando magic's in town i know what those folks go through the training uh and the fight that you guys have to make a living in my view is criminal by comparison to the other sports and it's it's my job right it's my personal goal to change that well uh, well I, I mean it's our job as pro athletes to elevate our game too so as much as you're taking the charge we need to step in and, and follow suit and provide ideas and collaborate so that's exactly what you know i think the next thing i wanted to ask is 
integration within the sport of NASCAR. I think there's some, there's some really cool crossovers between drivers and, and athletes. And I'm even like, you know, a Jan Ferdino versus one of the drivers, you know, having them in the headset, giving Jan some, some critiques while he's doing a hot lap on the track. There's just so much passion, dedication, and love of the machine that I think we all share and we can all collaborate together. You know, there's, there's not a lot of difference uh, and I've been thinking about this a lot in the last couple of days because we've been challenged by one of our sponsors to incorporate their message into what we're going to deliver from a product. So it's really caused me to, to, to ponder the lent in my navel to try and come up with something. Next me, I'll help you. <laughs> and what I came up with was um, one of the things I think we can do a better job of is showing how normal we are. Yeah. And when I started talking about that and thinking about that, I was thinking about how normal my friends who are NASCAR drivers are. They're just great people. And, you know, uh, Blaney and, and Bubba Wallace Jr. and, and Chase Elliott are their kids. They're you know, not a lot younger than you guys, but to me, they're kids. And I, I watch what they do and guess what they worry about? They worry about having enough power tires to not burn up their tires to cross that finish line with the least amount of rubber, the most efficiently they can. Yeah. You guys worry about driving power energy to keep yourselves from burning, not a tire up, but burning you up as the tire. Yeah. Right. They worry about aerodynamics. I think we spend a little bit of time worrying about aerodynamics, right? <laughs> the parallels that are here are really pretty impressive. I remember Mike Helton, and I don't remember if you remember Mike Helton from 2020. He's pretty much the commissioner and know things of all things NASCAR, a really special guy, big guy, intimidating. I thought he hated me for the first five years of my life. Uh, that'd be, that'd be a, a sin right there. Well, he so, you know, he's sort of, you know, my bride, he sort of adopted my bride when her dad passed because they were so close. I'm telling you, the guy did not talk to me for five years. And good. so he came out. And I don't know if you remember, but he was in the back of the room during the pro briefing and he was and he was talking about it. And he was looking at somebody's bike. And there was a conversation between he and Sebi and Jared Schumacher and a couple other athletes. And he said, you know, we could lose, we could lose a lot uh, with regard to our ability to gain an arrow. We could lose a lot of time and time is everything for us. Well, guess what? Time's everything for us as triathletes. Yeah. And he said, you know, we could probably learn a lot from you guys in the wind tunnels. And my response was, well, we should put a bike, we should put a, a camera on every bike. And then the controversy started about, well, it's another pound and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we don't want to race with another pound. And Mike Helton said, yeah, it's only a big deal until the guy or gal who finishes the finish line first has that extra pound on their bike. And amazingly enough, nobody cares about the camera. That's right. So, but a lot of similarities. Are, are you surprised that the engineering, the geometry, it's not about cars going fast in circles. It's about crossing the line with the least amount of weight in the fastest time with the most still left in your power base, but nothing left in your gas tank. Absolutely. 
Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sums it up pretty well for what what we're about to do this weekend in uh, Ironman Lake Placid. Just leave her for dead at the line. Well, um, you know, honestly, when it comes to what you're doing and the passion you're putting into, and the whole team, obviously, that you have behind you, um, you've curated that to where you've got great people. We we know, I personally know a lot of the folks on your team, and it's it's incredible to know that you've picked such a great staff that has your back at all times. And, you know, thank you so much for all of this, Bill. I mean, for putting your faith in, in triathletes and hopefully that everyone is being professional enough to elevate our sport. Um, you know, we're giving guys like young guys who probably never would have had a chance to, to learn about this level of professionalism. We're giving them a, cr- a cr- excuse me, a crash course into it. And, you know, they're, they're surrounded by greatness already and they haven't even had to, to stumble and suck like I did for five years before I finally got good. <laughs> um, so it's you awesome. To, you, you, and you're never satisfied. You're always getting better. Yeah, we're never. All of us. Yeah, but Jack, uh, any final thoughts there, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, you know, we've got Daytona's first, and then Miami came, and now Watkins Glen, and, you know, um, Road Atlanta. Yeah. So what's the plans? Road Atlanta, when's that? What is it? And what's the plans for future? That's question one in terms of number of races. Question two, how are, you know, you know, those big viewership numbers, how is that going to help us as pros to kind of elevate our, our status and, you know, attain better sponsors related to races? Yep. So the first part of that is let's talk schedule. First part of the schedule is we added the Glen, uh, which is July 8, 9, 10. Then November is uh, our first endurance race festival and that's road Atlanta. And that's mountain biking, gravel riding, midnight relay team races, which I'm the most excited about. Uh, they're going to do 5Ks. They're going to have a run bike run. So rather than a swim bike run, we've had a lot of people that don't want to swim. A lot of uh, people don't want to swim. <laughs> right? Uh, so that festival is in November. Then we end up back in Daytona next year. We are probably going to add one endurance festival next year. Uh, I won't speak any higher to that, but we'll probably add a race. Um, and then we've got something else in the works. So one, possibly two next year. Uh, we're going to know more about that pretty quick. The, the following year, we've already got three editions on the books. So uh, I think I promised 15 in five years. And I think I'm tracking. So I think the, the, that's the schedule component of it. Um, the, the, how do we increase this sport and increase its visibility? That was the second part of the question, right? Did I, did I get that one right? Yeah. How, do, how does all those marketing, um, aspects impact? Right. So uh, I'm not going to call it a struggle. I'm going to call it a challenge because I truly believe there's nothing that time and money can't fix. Oh, Nice. Well, it's a medical device thing, and you got to understand the medical device business, right? I mean, we don't know if something's going to break until you break about a thousand of them, and then you figure out why it breaks. Mm-hmm. So, I think our failure mode here is how many of you guys and gals have agents? Not many of you. How many of you are your own agents? More so than not. Absolutely. How many of you are any good at selling sponsorships? All of you, none of you do a good job. Hey, right? come on. I'm really good at it, Bill. You are. No, I said not many. Did I say not many? You're killing me. You said none of you. 
Okay, I can I retract that? Yeah, you're allowed to. I'll do okay, that. I'm gonna retract that. <laughs> but not not many of you, as I am told by the professionals. No, that's true. So what we have to do in our next step, and this is one of the things that we need to work on, in my view, with some of the other people who are trying to increase the visibility of the sport is do a better job of bringing in people who uh, like the fact this is now entertainment, that this is these are new properties. I mean, I heard the other day that there's a network looking at cricket because of the number of people in the United States that grew up playing cricket who are now living in the United States. Well, if you're looking at cricket versus looking at triathlon or endurance sports, there's 43 million cyclists in the United States. We went up by 121% in gravel riding in the last year. Oh my God. Mountain biking's up 43%. So when you start looking at that data, it tells you people don't want to ride on the roads anymore because they're scared. So safety is a big issue. But it also says to you, how do we incorporate that into corporate messaging? And I think you'll see a couple of places where we did it this year. But we're gonna, we're gonna have to ask you two, we're gonna have to ask your peers to help us to create those moments, right? Um, one of the taglines could be uh, inspire us, right? So we're, we're thinking about the clash tagline this year being inspire us. And maybe it's uh, one of you coming off a, a hard workout, or maybe it's us rolling a video and having each of you just pop on saying, you know, inspire us. Come on to somebody else, inspire us. You know, show me something, inspire us. And those are the things we have to do to engage the, the age groupers because the big social media followings until we can figure out a way to culminate and deliver one message through everybody's channel that everybody likes. And there are ways to do that. But if I were you folks, and this is another one of those crazy BS, BS crazy ideas, one of my batshit crazy ideas, if we could figure out a way to get 40 of you to agree to a message that is inspiring to the age groupers, to engage them through everybody's social media channel together, how powerful would that be? Think about Michael Jackson when they all came out and sang, we, all the, we are the world. Do you remember that? I remember that when I was a kid. Yeah, that was powerful. Yeah. We need to do that. And, and our team is, is working diligently to try and find those opportunities. But that requires everybody coming up. together. Well, it's, yeah. not, it's coming. And the what the movement you're starting now obviously is gonna it's gonna snowball you know when it comes to safety road closures imagine if we could do what what you're doing in a speedway in another country where the roads are just impassable because they're unsafe and you can't close them like you know south america or mexico like that's even more viable there because you know you've got one location so that's something else that just popped in my head like holy cow this is so scalable it's unreal um and then next thing is making sure that the age group, um, I guess, mindset right now is so focused on the Kona and the 70.3 worlds is to diversify this sport a bit more to where there's, there's more value than just spending all your money on all these 
certain races that you're trying to manipulate to finally go to the big show. And it's not all about the big show. And I've told this to all the athletes I coach. It's about the journey. It's not about that big show because afterwards, I hope you still race. I hope you still keep going. It's not just you got to Kona and you're done, you know? So the championship mentality is also awesome, but it would be so great if one day there could be a collective championship like the Roth guys and something in, you know, Africa or something like we all came together and we put together a, a revolving championship rather than just one that everyone had to buy into and, you know, be a, almost like a slave to the corporation. You know, I, boy, am I a believer and our approaches through uh, the events festival weekend, something for everybody. So my wife actually will ride a bike and not just be mad. I'm out racing. Yeah. Um, wouldn't it be cool if, uh, people didn't have to plan a races and B races based on purse. Yeah, that would be, or based on sponsorship exposure. Um, you know, we, will we ever pay that kind of purse? Never say never, but if I can get you on TV a bunch, is that worth more than you possibly went in 20th at one of the big races? I believe so. Well, even Um, right now, you know, most of us aren't making that, that money that we're looking for isn't from a prize purse unless you're the top five in the world it's it's right. through endorsements and bonuses and that's really where our bread and butter is so if we can better represent those atmos- those those folks um through what you're going to provide through television coverage through dedicated imagery with logo for millions to see like that's way more valuable well, and- well i appreciate that i'm sorry go ahead jackson getting you know there's no there's no question that those numbers are way more than, you know, winning, like even winning, like I just won, you know, a pretty small race over in Ecuador, 70.3. And that's to say, congratulations. Thank you. And maybe 10 or 10 or 15,000 people or 20 or whatever might've seen that um, or even 50, but you guys had 700,000 watching the events. And so 1.4, if you count the in and outs, right. right. So it doesn't, in the US. it doesn't compare. So if you can at least, if there's a point that it gets to where it's every single athlete in this race that qualifies or is selected or whatever the case may be, gets some form of, you know, exposure, whether it be their name shown or their bike or their whatever. And we can have and go to our sponsors or new sponsors and say, look, this is what they guarantee for me as somebody participating who's qualified. And this is what the numbers are. Then they can't argue that that's not valuable. So it's just going to be, which sponsors are willing to agree and say, for yeah, I'm willing to go and, to this new model. And, and I'm going to propose to you that, and we're going to give you guys the sell sheets. We, we talked about it. We're going to give you guys the sell sheets. What we're building into it right now is uh, the comparable data from the big 12 and the, uh, and the AAC to give relative values because your sponsors don't know that data. Now, if you went to any of the collegiate sponsors, they know it well. Yeah, we're going to give you guys and gals that data. And Nick, you and I talked about this. When we build out that sales slick, we want you to be able to go to a go to somebody who's not even on your radar today and walk in and say, here, Target. This is what I can produce. I'm going to be seen nine times on TV. I'm going to be seen through the live stream 20 times. I'll have a pointer. You'll be my pointer. It'll talk about me and you and why I chose you. We'll do a backstory on why I chose you as a sponsor. 
right? And, and you can go sell that. What I'm really hoping is that you say to them, and I want two thirds of my money up front. And we qualify the, when we qualify the, the metrics on the backside, I want the other part of my money. I don't want it dabbling in, right? This is a per occurrence deal. I'm taking notes. I'm going to call Amazon right now and pitch that to them. See, see how it goes. I think they're a great pitch for it. Absolutely. Right? Regional grocery store chains, right? Amway. I mean, where do you stop? Regional banks. I just um, pitched to a, a toothbrush manufacturer the other day because, and a dentist was like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Well, so we're actually, there was a big controversy in my office um, about, uh, about a personal injury firm that approached us. Oh, and uh, that was that was quite a dynamic. Uh, I won't tell you where we landed on it, but I will tell you that, look, anybody who is willing to support what we're trying to do, we want it. We want it. Toothbrush manufacturers, Crest. Are you kidding me? Uh, Procter and Gamble. Uh, there are a few. There are a few athletes who live in Ohio. They're pretty close to P&G's headquarters. Yeah. So yeah, I, the sky's the limit, and those people are spending money like the dot coms. I mean, their company's spending money. I, I'm looking at TVs going, how does this even correlate? Yeah, this is well, like $50 you can, million dollars in advertising right here. Craft your story. What is it? What is it? The, what is the message you want to get out this year? And let's let, let me craft a program. That's where you guys got to get creative. Let me craft a program that delivers that. And then let's talk about the economics of it. I think that that's honestly though i think that's the best way to almost put a cap on this is that's that's what we have to do is to sell that story and, and continue it because i think we're all really good at the day-to-day -day. but to keep a cohesive message throughout the year for like you said up to 40 of us or however many we can get together that's really where we build the momentum and we that's what we've done with even our pro team with the real tri squad is we're trying to create a collective unit like minds under the same umbrella that we can represent day after day with the same message so i think that's it's coming and you are uh, on the frontier of it. You're leading the charge and we're, we're, in, we're in the wake because we're just learning from the best out here. Well, hey, let, let's be fair. I'm learning from the best. NASCAR got league of the year, Perhaps, Major NASCAR. League Baseball, yeah. So Sports Business Journal na named us uh, as, a, as, a, as a new newcomer in one of their blips, but uh, NASCAR went against Major League Football, wow. uh, basketball, hockey, all of them, and uh, came out as League of the Year. So I'm learning from the best. Uh, and I, I think that's that's who we got to give credit to, right? They're yeah, the best. We'll learn from all of you guys. So we love well, it. We're, we're all going to come together. Uh, we are going to create that message. Uh, know that I'm going to lean on you guys for support to, to, to test this theory. Yeah. And uh, let's go into Daytona and have, have some fun and, and uh, get your mobile coach reservations quick. Before yeah. Starkey blocks you out. He's probably here. I think he has a few kids. He might be taking a pop-up camper for each of them. <laughs> December 3rd to December 5th is Daytona. Um, and it's going to be awesome. We're, I mean, it's not the challenge. It's not going to be the PTO champs this year, but that was just kind of the way it worked out that year. This is. Yeah. They, so they provided the purse, right. And they're yeah. great partner. Yeah. So yeah. that was our race. That was our TV production. And they were great. They gave us total open hand to do that. Uh, they provided a spectacular purse, biggest in history, right? Yeah. And um, our purse this year is going to be $100,000. We might do something really creative uh, that's going to be kind of fun. I'm not going to announce that. 
Um, and we may do something. Uh, we, we've got a couple things up our sleeve this year that we're gonna want, we're gonna want some help with to get those messages out. Uh, but yeah, it's a hundred thousand dollar purse, which I think puts us in the top five or six. Uh, we're excited about it and uh, hang on to your hats with everybody coming off the Olympics and post Kona, but not having to maintain that level of, of training and uh, have some fun doing hundred K. Well, for $100,000, I think we should do last man standing, swim, bike, run over and over again until the last person is left. Even if it lasts for a day or two, that's how we're doing it. You know, it's so funny you said that. I wanted, I wanted to build in the, uh, the team relay. Oh. And uh, I was like, let them go until, let them go until they quit. <laughs> right. And it was the last man standing concept. So I actually said, let's do that. And they, no, we can't fit it in without going to another day. So we, can't we may have to go to another day. I love it. Insurance rider is going to be too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bill, thank you so much for coming on and, and spreading the message. We're certainly going to be spreading it uh, to our listeners and talking about it as much as we can over the coming years. And, you know, we're happy to be part of your vision and, you know, thanks for leaning on us as much as we are on you. No, hey, listen, any chance I get to get on and have some fun with you guys, I'm in. So, you know, anything we, anything we can do, uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon. It's going to be here before you know it. And uh, at, at the end of the day, we're going to have a pretty good time. So thanks for having me on. Love being with you guys. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks, Bill. We'll talk to you real soon. Flying through the sky in my parachute Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise On a one-man mission trying to see it through